When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets, episode 140, I believe. Um, let's see here. Yep, you're right. Wow. We've been putting up this for three years. They never said would make it, and they were right. (laughs) (laughs) At all work. They didn't say where it would never make it. It's Boys Day today. In studio with me, as always. Andy Bernard, Sidekick Mike Gelfand. Sidekick? Uh, You know, know, uh, Cannon used to call me a banana. Hey, boy, chick, you're a banana. I'm a star. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J.Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Uh, Let me ask you a question, (laughs) Banana. Uh, Why do 20,000 kids in Minnesota play soccer? (laughs) Uh, That is a good question. 
so they don't have to watch it. <laughs> that's not true, Morg. <laughs> Wait a minute, that was Morg's voice. Yeah. I forgot. I, uh, I actually did a few commercials with him when with I first Steve? started at Walls. Oh, yeah. And the very first one, I had to go downtown on a Saturday to record some 30s or whatever. And, and uh, he, we're going through this, and we start rolling tape, and he goes, I'm sitting here with uh, Chris Anderson. And I said, Hang on a second. My name's Doug Sprintall. And he goes, Chris Oh, and he just starts swearing. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, yeah, he did swear a lot. <laughs> it was funnier than He now. did. Uh, he could be inappropriate at times. So do you think he'd get away with Backlash LaRue today? Uh, probably not. Probably not no. with the Backlash LaRue. That was another error. Oh, dear fellow. <laughs> That's how he talked. You know, it's there. And this is uh, open uh, mic day. We don't have any guests, so we'll just, we're just going to make stuff up as we go along. Talk and text line is open 561-228-4061 i was going to tell you that uh sarah had never seen breakfast at tiffany's and i haven't oh, seen yeah. the movie in 40 years i've I'm never like, seen it I'm gonna watch i've never it. seen it either i've seen it yeah audrey hepburn i mean she's just gorgeous she is, is that the yeah. one where she's in the hospital or whatever no no she's a hooker but well, they, i think they you didn't know that yeah but it's not at least in the, I, it's not overt i read i read the book of course truman capote yeah. wrote the book and it's yeah it's it's sort of suggestive of it but the, the thing you, you the way the way the way that he explains it is like you know she dates a lot of wealthy guys yeah well oh, in the movie go. she goes into the powder room for fifty dollars is the way that oh, well, that's really. a little more but yeah, the thing we were talking about stuff that direct. would never be on movies today uh she lives in a walk up in manhattan and on the top floor is Mickey Rooney, who's mad at her all the time. Mickey Rooney plays, it's like a cartoon of a Chinese person. Buck oh, oh, yeah, he used to do that a size, lot. Yep. Yeah. All this sort of stuff. Oh, no. yeah. it's, it's just, I, wa- I looked at him like, God, I, it's, thankfully we have progressed as a society a little bit. A little bit, <laughs> we have. A, and who, who plays the uh, the Truman Capote role? Uh, George Papard. Oh, yeah, George Papard. Oh, very young. George Papard, okay. Truman Capote. Right. I mean, yeah, one they look a lot yeah. alike. People mix yeah. them up a lot. <laughs> I was actually playing a Japanese guy. Japanese oh, is it guy? Japanese? Mr. Yunioshi. Yeah, it's just... For some reason, portrayed by Mickey Rooney. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah, you could not do that today. I'm not working with any Asians. Forget it. Is that what that was all yeah. about? 1961, the New York Times review of the film said that Mickey Rooney's buck-toothed, myopic Japanese is broadly exotic. <laughs> broadly exotic? Wow. You know those Japanese people, they all wear glasses. <laughs> Very exotic. But nowadays we have, you know, popular TV shows in which Arabs play the role of Jews. So Yeah, they, that's right. That's yeah, true. That was, you know, the, the, all uh, works out. the amazing, what was it called? The Amazing Mrs. Maisel. That's, yes. Yeah. Marvelous. Meisel. Marvelous, yeah. Marvelous Mrs. Meisel. And, and uh, yeah, it's, oh, there's Tony, 11, there's Tony actually, Shalhoub. It's, it's a Lebanese guy yeah. playing the role of a Jew. It's he just a, yeah. happens to be a very funny person. He is funny, he's but, really you know, good. He's good. but you, you really can't tell me you can't find a Jew for the role. Not in Hollywood. No, it would be I, very I difficult. So. Yeah, Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser. He would have been Paul great. Reiser, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I have to ask you guys this question. I asked it on the KQ Morning Show because it's kind of what you guys are talking about right here with the... This, that, and the other thing. Did you hear what Kanye West did at the uh, Parish Fashion Week? Did you hear about this? Mm-mm. I don't really understand where we've gotten to here uh, because now apparently you can't have your own opinion on something, that you have to have the same opinion as everybody else or you're the devil. Okay? On Monday, Kanye West showed up at the surprise debut of the YZY Season 9 collection 
at Paris Fashion Week wearing a controversial shirt. They start out by saying it's controversial, okay? Mm-hmm. And now a source says the move was not a publicity stunt. The rapper is con- uh, confused as to why it caused such backlash. The shirt featured the image of Pope Paul. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my fault. I was going to say, I keep yeah, hearing that was my the, fault. the radio. I'm like, what the? Yeah, I forgot to turn that audio down. Um, uh, an image of Pope John the Paul's uh, the second, John Paul II's face on the front, and the message on his T-shirt said, "White Lives Matter," which the Anti-Defamation League has deemed hate speech. Oh, what does Pope John Paul have to do with that? I don't either. I have any idea. But how is that hate speech? Well, it's funny that that he chose that that phrase because obviously it's it's emblematic of, of people who who hate Black Lives Matter. But, you know, why, but he doesn't. Oh, no, I don't think he does either. But also the fact is he's not an entirely balanced human. No, no I understand that. But that's not hate speech. No, it's White just, lives no, matter. it's just absurd, that's all. Why is it absurd? It's absurd mm. for him to be wearing that shirt. Oh, I see what you say, at Fashion well, Week. He was at, doing at the play. Fashion Week, yes. They say it wasn't a publicity stunt. They're lying, absolutely. Yeah. Well, he he's, does, he's done controversial stuff to get in the headlines. Yeah. Well, sure. Half, half of it's not even really controversial. They just make it controversial because that way it generates more clicks. But yeah, uh, you're right. <clears throat> I have a huge problem with that whole situation with this matters and that matters and that doesn't matter and this is blah, 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 you know, and I've said it before. I have a couple of children. They happen to be white people, so shut the hell up no, about white people. No, they don't happen to be white people. It's like, I, that, that drives me crazy. What the hell? They're white. So when and I was born, I rolled all the, the dice. dice. I rolled the, the dice. I have this good friend who happens to be black. No, he doesn't happen to be black. He was born that way. He happened to be black. black. I'm just telling you. He just walked by, and suddenly one day he just turned black. Yeah. But in any case, what I'm saying Sorry. is... Mm-hmm. So uh, apparently Jaden Smith, whose father was the one who slapped Chris Rock on right. stage, and that's okay, Jaden Smith got up and left. He's, he was outraged. Uh, comments about West flooded social media, including by Jaden Smith. And then, of course, everybody, the Kardashians were the oh. ones who chirped the loudest. I care a lot about their opinions. So what does that tell you? Well, after, after the slapping incident, yeah. I probably don't have this word for word. But I believe Jaden, naturally, he, he went on Instagram or something. Of course he did. And he tweeted something something like, this is how we do. This is how we do. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. yeah I don't think yeah, he's like, too smart. You, what's this we thing? <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, what is we about this? Plus, it's kind of it's kind of a trashy thing to say, I have to say. Well, well he's apparently speaking for black people everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everywhere. Black people love to slap people. You know what amazes me about that is, you know, having grown up where I, I grew up, that's not real life at all yeah what i really hate about this whole thing is that everybody at the top thinks okay the black people are here and the white people are here and the red people are here and well, jason has not never known anything but the life of a pampered millionaire of a hundred hundred and hundreds, hundreds of millions of of yeah. yeah his yeah. dad is one of the most famous people ever born so it's like you know yeah, saying yeah this is how we do like you represent the hood i know give me a break well t- talking about there's some little bit of political correctness out there and uh, most most things that people call political correctness, I I, yeah. I just find boring, right? You know, because the term doesn't mean a whole lot. No. But, but here's something that means a lot. Aaron Judge hit hit his 62nd home run. Yes, sir. And by any rational criteria, criterion, pardon. I know where you're headed with this one, yeah. man. So he's the he's the best home run hitter of all time, but. Now, now that he's done that and there are tributes being paid, now you go online and you see all sorts of columns saying, saying, you know, 
He isn't the home run leader. I know. Barry Bonds is. Well, let me say about Barry Bonds. Well, no one in their right mind thinks that the guy got it legitimately. No. Here's no. a guy. I thought it was like common knowledge that he well, was it, on Roy. It, it was common knowledge. Well, common yeah. knowledge. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, does it really count? No, in defense him of he and McGuire, they were both great baseball players before they got on steroids. Well, yeah, he right. didn't really need but them. He just. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. but, but they weren't. But in, in, especially in the case of Bonds, you know, he wasn't. He didn't break the world record by 13 homers. No. But it, but it, but it is so obvious. I mean, first of all, a guy who can bench press 250 pounds with his neck. With his neck, yeah. Yeah, that's probably there's something going on <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. I think yeah. it might be a problem. Uh, yeah, and and uh, and of course there you know there were there were criminal indictments after that of the guy who was supplying him with the drugs. Right. And he he was 36. He had never hit more than 49 homers in his life. Which is ter- anybody can hit 49. Anybody That's can That's kind of that. my point. That's not bad. No, well, but, right. But right. but there is a long distance between 73 and 43. and 49. Yep. And at 36, he reaches his peak, you think? Yeah. No, I mean, Babe Ruth, well, Babe Ruth might have been 32 when he hit 60. See, I, I would say he's the greatest of all time. Babe because Ruth? Because he, re- he invented no, no. the home run game. No, no, no. There's a big <laughs> argument now yeah. really? that his home run should not count. Because it was whites only. Well, so what? I understand, but they think the record should be taken from. That wasn't Babe Ruth's idea. About, oh, it just started this week. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, that was not Babe Ruth's doing. I'm sorry. And that uh, wraps it up for the final episode of Car Selling Secrets. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> You're done. You're wrapping it up. Discuss everything. Uh-huh. No, I, I just all of this stuff is just so insane now. Yeah. I got to throw this in very quickly. You talk about the 250 with your neck. <clears throat> when I first got together with Catherine, a couple of years later, we went out to dinner with a bunch of friends. You guys know Kendall Norberg, my oh, sure, friend. sure. Uh, Kendall's a big time weightlifter, very, very powerful guy, very strong guy. We're sitting at dinner one night, and Catherine kind of underestimated it a little bit, and it still was like, oh, honey, why? Why? She's sitting there, and she goes, you know, Kendall, Tom can bench press over 300 pounds. And Kendall goes, ooh. <laughs> it's like, honey, ixnay with that. Don't be bringing that up. You know what the world bench press record is now? Hmm. I think the most I ever benched was a little over 400. It's like 410, something like that. Hmm. The world record bench press now is 1,150 Holy pounds. Holy buckets. <laughs> wow. No steroids there, Mike. That's fair. 1,150. 1,150. How do your brain, uh, your bones not snap? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you would think. <laughs> think might be a little, little roid rage there. It might be a little there. I well, plus to, they wear those jackets now that's cheating because yeah. they only have to move it like that oh, far. Oh, that's not right. So they cheat, oh, too. Oh, well, shoot. Who I, couldn't do that? You know, well, yeah, back in the days when I was playing a lot of tennis over at the old Northwest Club. I remember. And you had to walk past the little area where all the weightlifters were. Yes, sir. And those guys would be flexing and posing, you know. Oh, yeah. And, uh... So, and this one guy, he would always, he would always say, "Yeah, stretch. Why don't you come over here and uh, lift with us?" You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, which you know, at my peak of 120 pounds, probably was not really going to go very far. Didn't have much interest in that whole deal. And, and uh, so one day, one day he said, "Hey, stretch. Uh, you know, you need to work out with us. Uh, you know, I can, I can teach you a lot of moves here." And I, and I said, "Yeah." I said, "You know, with with." With uh, your muscle and my brains, we could rule the world. <laughs> he never he bothered it? me after that. Right. Oh, he Albert actually got it. He got it, huh? <laughs> 
Well, he knew there was something caustic, I was saying. Oh, okay. I'm not so, saying he could specify. Just the tone, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. Now, who, I love who it. Who supposedly said that to Einstein? Do you remember? Do you said know the what? story? Said what? It, I, I'll try to get it right. He was at a party, and some Hollywood starlet said, Oh, Dr. Einstein, we should imagine the children oh, we yeah. could have with your brains and my beauty. Mm-hmm. And he says, Well, what if they have your brains and my beauty? <laughs> Whoops! Yeah. Pretty good for a physicist. Yeah, I would uh, say so. Well, you know, he was a fairly intelligent guy. Yeah, plus, and, got, and got around a little bit too. It, well, I was going to say, plus he already had so much action on the side. Yeah. Uh, Albert, yeah, Albert. But yeah, I love looking back at those old quotes. There are some great ones out there. Uh, you know, there are many of them pop up, but that one's a pretty good one. Right Dorothy there. Parker just kind of wrote the book. Yeah, Dorothy Parker was the greatest. But uh, you apparently, don't have anything nice to say? Sit next to me so I can hear. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, the Algonquin Round Table, which, of course, was yeah. later surpassed by the 620 Club the Square 620. Table. Yeah, there you with, go. Uh, <clears throat> Sid Hartman. Let me just tell you something. It's ugly. Goddamn gal fan. Sid Hartman and Max Winter. You know, if those God. are the, like, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I just can't say anything nice about either, so I won't say anything. Well, just say 620, Hennepin. That's close enough, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but it... But, Turkey was king there. Turkey was king. You're absolutely right. No question. And didn't that later become Moby Dicks? I believe so. Mm-hmm. I believe you're right. And that was a very famous So place. what was it before Moby Dicks? Uh, well, the 620 Club was, was the restaurant that, that Sid and Max Winter. Oh, okay. And I think who else owned that place? Yeah, because they, they did own it. Yeah, they, they, just they, go owned, there, they yeah. owned it. Yeah. So they kind of held court every day. But I not, think it might have been Kid Can, actually. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That, that I would not be surprised. I think that's true, but I'm not sure. So was this back in the 50s? Oh, this was... Started uh, in the it, 40s. Uh, yeah, probably in the 40s. I mean, I remember having lunch there when I was uh, maybe 18. Sure. Going there, and uh, and uh, the, it, turkey was king. What can I turkey say? Turkey was king. It was darn good. Where and then eventually, eventually uh, like all these places, eventually it shut down. I don't know. Maybe there was some litigation or something. I have no idea. And then, uh, and then came uh, the, uh, I can say notorious, can't I say Moby Dicks? Notorious is good. Yeah, yeah. then came the notorious Moby Dicks, <clears throat> where uh, kind of needed to be careful. <laughs> well, I tell that story a lot, but I'll tell it again very quickly. My buddy Chuck was the bouncer at Moby Dicks back in the day, and Chuck was not a weak man. His hands were like two inches wider than mine, and I got big hands. But he had these massive hands, right? Wow. And I'm in Moby Dicks, and I'm talking to Chuck, and I hear this hubbub going on in the back of the bar. And he goes, oh, Christ, I'll be right back. So I followed him over there, and Chuck walks up to the guy who's causing all the trouble. He goes, okay, we, we got to stop. Are you going to stop? He goes, oh, well, how are you going to make me? He oh, said, no. well, you have an option. You can go out the front door and go home, or you can go out the back door and go to the hospital. <laughs> Which I thought that kind of laid it out there for you, pal. Uh, oh, he was pro-choice. Yeah, I see. He was pro-choice all the way. There, there you go. No question about it. But um, one of my favorite stories of all time, and I can't remember who the hell told it, but uh, there was a party in Hollywood one time, and Tolkien was there, and Marilyn Monroe was there, and neither one knew who the other one was. <laughs> really? <laughs> How great is that? What a great story wow. that is. Well, would you think that Marilyn would know who Tolkien was? I highly doubt that. Probably no. not. And Tolkien's Especially not, not by, like, if I saw, you know, if he, like, you know, got resurrected 
and came into the room, I wouldn't know. She, oh, God, no. She barely knew who Joe DiMaggio was. Except for he carried bags of cash with him wherever he went. <laughs> did you know that? I did not I know, didn't that. know that. Never put his money in a bank. It was always in a bag. Well, it just seems like a bad Chuck idea. Berry? Yeah, right. Yeah, he did it. Yeah, you're right. Chuck well, all those old thing. guys did They that. did. All the old blues yeah. guys that traveled. Joe, Joe I did need not. need cash up front. Yeah. Joe did not have a, a pleasing disposition. No, that's what I hear. Well, that's why she finally got rid of it, because I guess he was such a prick to her. It was unbelievable. I guess it was unbearable. It outweighed the uh, the flowers every day. Yeah, I suppose. She continued, of course. Gelfand, now you made me sad for the old days because you start with with Music City on the corner, and then mm. you move across the street to Music, Music Land, Land, and then you move over to 620 Club, then you go down to Schinders with the swinging Schinders. gates to the porno section. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where, where a local weatherman tended to... Yeah. Wander into not, not that there's anything wrong with no, it. No, good for you. But right? I, but we, they always told the story at, at Channel Four about management sending him uh, a, a a message saying uh, basically you, you can't go into the porn section at Schinders anymore. I, I assume he didn't pay any attention to it. It was BK, right? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. we used to and go to Schinders for like Pokemon cards. What? what? We used to go to Schindler's for Pokemon cards. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Pokemon cards, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, they made they made good money on they that. They sure did. And then you went across the street to the Copper Squirrel and had a fifth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember the Copper Squirrel? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Oh, or, or you could go to the Nankin and become flatulent. Oh, my God, I love the Nankin. Don't bring that up. Oh, it was great. The Gold family, right? Well, the, the it was, no, actually, the Gold family owned the liquor licenses. Oh, I thought they owned the restaurant, too. But it was too. the Golden family. Oh, it was the Golden family. Yeah. The Gold and the Goldens. Because... It sounds like a, like a, you know, shell company kind of situation. <laughs> yeah. no. no, we're not the Golds. We're the Goldens. Well, I, I, knew, both, I knew both families, and uh, oh, you, you, not, con- you would, wouldn't confuse one. Family. I love so, that place. So my, my, my buddy, Dick Golden... Uh, he uh, he's a neurologist. Richard Golden, I remember. Good friend of mine, and um, his uncle ran the Nankin. Oh, are you talking about the the current Dick Golden? Uh, he did. I Dick love Golden, him. the neurologist. I yeah. love him. He's yeah. a great. He's a good friend of mine, man. A fine guy. Great guy. And then so his his dad. Wait a minute. Dick Golden is a urologist. Yes, well, no, yeah. neurologist. No, neurologist. <laughs> oh, okay, that's different. Yes. <laughs> but I assume it's. Still I wasn't really Golden Dick I, in the I assume he's book. still Golden though. And, he is. Uh, yes, right. So so his uncle ran the Nankin, and his dad ran the uh, the junkyard. Yeah, right. The junkyard's not really a proper term for it. But he ran the scrapyard, the, scrap yard, the one, yeah. the one that was uh, that was uh, sitting atop the uh, the, uh, the the cancer-causing creosote plant on Washington which, Avenue, which had left, but they left the cancer with them. No, it was it was in St. Louis Park, right off Highway oh, Seven. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know about that. Not one. far from Skippy Field. Oh. And so, whatever happened to Skippy Field? Um, it's still there. Is it it's really? Bigger than ever. They put lights in. Oh, maybe that's why I didn't recognize it when I go by. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Sometimes I just, you know, walk through there trying to relive the golden days. Sure. But it's too late. No. Nah, but, but, but uh, when I, when, um, when I, when I was a teenager and driving, you know, my car, my dad's very dangerous old cars oh, God. that he handed down to me, um, something, obviously, something always broke. So you know, I would, I would, uh, I, the, the car would stop running, and I'd, I'd have it towed up to my, to my local garage where Dale, the mechanic, great guy, he'd say, well, you know, he said, you know, you need a new starter, and he said, if I, if I, I can get one for you, it's going to cost you three fifty, but 
just just go up to Golden Auto. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'd go up to Golden Auto and I'd I'd, I'd tell Dick Golden's dad, yeah, I need a uh, I need a, a starter for uh, you know a 1962 Chevy, and uh, he'd say, oh yeah, and he'd wander off <laughs> into this massive forest of, of, of broken cars, and. Uh, about five minutes later, he'd come back with a big grin, you know, hands covered with grease. I, I got what you want. This, this this baby should work. Love it. And I'd say, well, um, how much is it? And he said, oh, um, uh, $6. Jesus. And then, of course, $6. I'd, I'd give him the $6, and he'd put it in his pocket. <laughs> oh, well, cash on the barrel. Head. Of course. That's how those businesses work. So you work. went from three fifty to 6 <laughs> Yeah. That's pretty good, man. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Not bad. You save you know, a little bit of dough. A little bit of that. money, yeah. Dale, I always gave Dale a little birthday birthday card. Well, know? I mean, if, if you think about it, a scrapyard's kind of like a permanent garage sale for cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, it is. there's so many parts. You're just really trying to get rid of them more than anything. Did they ever get rid of that pile over on Washington Avenue? Remember that gigantic pile oh, oh, of yeah. old parts? Is that gone now? I don't even know. Well, that was that was uh, that was right by. Um, that was that was right by the the, the 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 nest of notorious bars. BJ's. BJ's was like right across the street. Right across the street. And hers was just down the oh, street. Oh God, hers was fun. And that you know when 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 we do the stuff from hers, a lot of those people in hers were were scrap guys. Oh yeah. And yep. they collected scrap, and then when when the uh, when the scrapyard opened at 8 a.m., they'd come in and then they'd get a check. And then they'd go over to uh, go over to uh, Irv's and uh, launch a bender. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Cast, Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Tom here with my good friend, CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, I was out in Maple Grove the other day, saw your new branch that's under construction. It's looking great. Thanks, Tommy. We're very excited to open our new Maple Grove branch in the Arbor Lakes area later this year. Well, the way I do math, that's the sixth North American Banking Company, and you only have five fingers. How'd you get to six? I used my computer. We better not ad lib. All right, we won't ad lib. <laughs> my people. Well, well you're not mean. that good at it. Oh yes, yeah, that's true. That's, right you know, we have locations in Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. One thing I like about being a North American Banking Company customer is I can do a lot of my banking online or on your mobile app. But sometimes it helps to go in and talk to one of your friendly bankers in person. Everybody loves when you visit, Tommy. We hope to see you in Maple Grove soon. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Is that Irv still empty? Because I drove by it the other day and I was like, is that building empty? I thought it had been repurposed for something. I hope so because I love that old. Well, you know, um, 
the, the guy who the guy who ran it for many years died just must must have been about five months ago. Oh, so. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He, who was the guy you used to interview all the time? Oh, that was um, God. What was his name? He was great. He he was he, yeah. He was a really nice guy and he yep. was really smart. Great uh, stories. I'll, I'll come up with it in a minute. Everyone loved the guy. Yep. And um, one day, you know, you can't talk about these things without a little bittersweet. Yeah, I yeah. see that. So, but one day I was I was I was doing I was I had come up with some bit I wanted to do, was sort of related to herbs, and so I called him up. It was a Saturday. I called him up. And I told him I wanted him to take part in this bit, and I, you know, and that I could give him a few lines to say, you know, that he could just have fun with it. And um, it was, he was just thrilled, you know, that was the coolest thing ever. But uh, on Monday, he uh, he was over at Irv's, and you know, I'm sure he enjoyed the three for one special a few times. And he went home and he fell. And, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And I went to his funeral. You know, it was one of those funerals, you know, where people sit in the linoleum, like it's a typical funeral, you know, like yeah. like at at uh, Hudruff's <laughs> for the Hudruff's, for, for the right Jews, the, but McCreevy yeah. for the uh, for the Gentiles, and there were a lot, but there was a fairly sizable crowd there, and everyone got up and told stories. It, first, no one wanted to be the first, yeah, but eventually someone stood up and he said, "Yeah, oh man," he said, "I, you know, I." I, uh, I think I think the first time we met was at Mousy's, and then he'd tell a there story. There you go. And another guy would come up and he'd say, "Yeah, you know, uh, I uh, I think the first time we met was at the carousel." And they, they right said, next door, yeah, baby. Yeah. Then they, everybody got up and t- everybody got up and told a story. And then um, and then his his brother got up, and his brother said, um, "You know, what was? I wish I could remember the name. It'll come to me in ten minutes." But he said, uh, yeah, you know, he said, uh, I, I always really looked up to, I'll say Dave, for, for uh, you know, just, he, he was just a great role model for me because I learned to just never do anything he did. <laughs> Negative indicator. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there, you know, there was, there were notes of sadness and maybe a little bitterness, but that, that's a family for you and that's life. And there death. you go. By the way, you made a reference just very quickly. I mm-hmm. want to get back to this, but you made a reference to the uh, the judge home run sixty two mm-hmm. guy who has it was offered two million dollars for it. Yeah, the guy's a billionaire. Oh, oh no, man! The guy's a See, billionaire. I, he owns like a three hundred billion dollar business. That's the saddest <laughs> story ever. So the Why guy when you give it to a the kid? guy that caught McGuire's was his seventy first. Was that mm-hmm. his? Something that's like about, that, whatever about it was, right, Mark yeah. McGuire. That's about right. Um, uh, the team wanted the ball, and the guy said, okay, uh, but I want to meet Mark McGuire. And McGuire said, F you, I don't want to meet this guy. What? Three, Why? <laughs> two years later, he sold the ball for $3 million. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I just don't understand what you, you, you read stories about people getting a you know, a, a ball that's worth a lot of money and they, they give it back to the guy who yeah, hit it. Right. Who's undoubtedly, you know, making millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, true. Who would do that? But why didn't the guy, a billionaire, give the ball to a little kid? Yeah, maybe yeah. a charity or something. Or maybe a charity or and something. Maybe he's gonna. You never and know. Maybe he will, but give it to a little kid, man. That but, would be so exciting. But still, it just so, shows you there's no justice when... What? Yeah, when, for real. When the, when the billionaire gets the ball. <laughs> he gets the um, ball. Whose ball was that? 
you caught it and said, Oh, Aaron the, Judd. Oh, the taxes. And Judge, excuse me, J D J U D G. And Aaron Judge seems to be a nice guy. And it seems to be, yeah. Especially for a Yankee. 60 seconds. Yeah, that's right. You just hit it yesterday, right? Uh, two days ago. Two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. The guy owns like a $300 billion business. <laughs> <laughs> it's. It is. There's just no justice. There's no God. That's yeah, let's see. Oh, man, he's got the stats. Well, if you're a billionaire, you'd think you could get a better seat. Oh, I think that's why he did it, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah right. that's right. Probably yeah. bought out the whole section. <laughs> yeah. Sitting there by himself. Wouldn't be surprised. Did you hear what one guy did, by the way? Hmm. When he hit the home run, a guy jumped onto the field because he thought it was going to hit the seats and go back onto the field. Yeah. So a guy jumped like 15 feet onto the field. Yeah. It's like, what Good thing it wasn't at Fenway. Don't yeah, recommend it. It had to be about 40 feet yeah. then, wouldn't it? What do you got, Andy? His name is Corey Humans. I think it's Humans, yeah. Uh, let's see I'm here. only Humans. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great to be here. He's married to one of the girls from The Bachelor. Oh, for oh. Christ. It's getting worse by the minute. Oh. There's a billionaire married to somebody from The Bachelor? That can't be right. <laughs> well, you There's know. There's no justice the guy, at all. The guy, a guy undoubtedly grew up very rich and a family of good taste, and he wanted to see what it was like on the other side. <laughs> oh, that, well, that's look, kind of negative, sir. Well, he's looking it not, up for not, more. Not in my view. <laughs> for more yeah. contemporary Minneapolis bar story, Liquor Lyle's closed down. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, somebody bought it, though, Yeah, I they think. bought it, and they're rehabbing it. Yeah. They're going to turn yeah. it into a pinball bar, yeah. which I think would be right, kind of fun. Right, I heard that, yeah. Yeah, yeah it never works. Corey Humans is the vice president of Fisher Investments, which manages a $200 billion portfolio. $200 billion. So he's not worth that, but he's the vice president yeah. of the company. But he's, he's a multi-billionaire. So, uh, oh, I mean, yeah. He's probably worth at least, yes, several hundred he's million. He's taken a few pieces of that pie. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. he has. There's no doubt. So I thought it was 300 but it's only $200. I'm, I was way off the mark. Oh. Yeah, that's right. There's a popular... I have, uh, why, why? Why does God do that? Is what I like. If there is a God, why are you doing that? You know that. For me, I always have treasured the the final days of the season, especially yep. especially I you were with just the twins. Say the final days. Well, I'm experiencing that too, that too I'm but it's not much fun. Hey, we got the batting title. That's all right. <laughs> so, yeah, all right. So when I covered baseball, I I always on, on closing day when it was their last home game, which is usually about this time of year. Well, yeah, early October. Yeah, I I liked to. I didn't sit in the press box. The game obviously was always meaningless. And, uh, and back in those days, yeah. Yeah, you know, mid mid to late '60s. Yep. Um, but I remember it was. Uh, you know, I covered the twins for three years, and and then between the second and third, my my first child was born, mm. and I just you know you can't do that. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're Tom Brady, you can. If you say the hell with the with the model, the hell with my kids, I'm just going to keep playing football even though I'm 45. But that's I that's my view of that. Do you think he's going to ding her for the money? Because uh, she's got a lot more money than he does. Is she worth? Lot more? A lot more, apparently. What, 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 where did her fortune come from? She's a model. She's a hookah. She made that much money? Just I, Andy, you got uh, Tom Brady. All those Mademoiselle covers? Yes, the Mademoiselle covers. Well, exactly. see, this is a culture with completely... With a lot of money. This is a culture with completely perverse values. Yes, yes it is. So anyway... Giselle Bunchen. Bunchen. There you go, yeah. Let's see. 16th... What richest woman in the entertainment industry? Oh well, that all for yeah, all from being a model. Yeah. How much is she worth? 
several hundred million, I know that. And he's worth a few hundred million. I would hope so. 22 years in the NFL. <laughs> you would hope. So. Uh, she's worth about 400 million, apparently. 400 Ooh. million. Well, he could be worth that much. Wearing yeah. clothes and walking around. So what? Uh, what's he worth, Andy? What, a few hundred million? Tom Brady? Because I was well, told. Well, think this of morning. all the endorsements. I mean, not just yeah, the salary. True. true. Yeah. These days. He's worth 250. Yeah. So she's worth 150 million yeah. more than he is. Yeah. Well, so so the final day of my final season covering the Twins, I'm, I'm uh, it was a beautiful day. There was no one in the stand. I mean, there were a few people in the stands, not many. And this was, you know, probably an hour before the game, and I'm standing behind the batting cage and just chatting with with players. Anyone didn't matter. And uh, such a beautiful day, and I I thought to myself, you know, this is. I'm going to miss these moments a lot. Yeah. And uh, and uh, then there's a guy in the stands, and uh, he yells out my name. He says, hey, Gelfand. And I'm thinking, God, this, these are my people, right? Sure. Yeah, last day. And the, this guy, and I, I looked, and he said, fuck off, asshole. <laughs> oh, there's a shock. <laughs> and then I thought, you know, maybe I'm not going to miss this that much. <laughs> well, did you hear what just happened to me? I did a, not an appearance, but I appeared... At something for a friend. It was not a radio appearance, right? And I, this is actually did happen. This guy comes up to me, goes, Tom, he's Tom Bernard, aren't you? And I said, yes, sir. And he goes, you know, i got to be honest with you. I uh, I don't listen to your show anymore. And I said, oh, I understand. He goes, yeah, you just, I'm sorry, you just got too conservative for me, so I just don't listen anymore. Half hour later, another guy walks up, Tom. I don't listen to your show anymore. You've gotten way too liberal. <laughs> so you just can't win. No, you no can't. No matter what you do, you can't win. No. But how could you be too liberal and too conservative at the same time? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I remember when Paul Wellstone was running uh, for the Senate seat. I think, I think the seat may have been held by Rudy Boschwitz at that yeah, time. Yeah, I think that's right, yeah. And the Rudy Boschwitz people sent sent out... Uh, letters to they got they got a list of people who who uh, you know were members of congregations Jewish congregations oh yeah and they sent out, you probably remember that they sent out the letter saying Paul Wellstone was not Jewish enough yeah not Jewish enough I do remember that yeah. yes he's not Jewish enough and you know the letters might have had some effect except that it got leaked to the to the newspapers and uh, it turned the election. Yeah, and, no, I did, well, I remember. And so Wellstone won just because of that. I still don't understand why you would do that. Well, just really, I'm, uh, I guess people didn't really think it through. I guess not. Is that ever a good idea? I, no, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's just, you know, and, and the Jewish population, of course, in the, in the state is what, like maybe one and a half percent. That's about right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like that's not going to have a lot of appeal to anyone. Well, that's what I'm saying. Who does that appeal to? It wouldn't appeal to the Jews. Maybe yeah. it was the guy who delivered all the plywood to his. Is that the right Rudy? Yeah, I forgot. yeah. Rudy yeah plywood, plywood, Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. yeah, yeah. Whatever happened to plywood, Minnesota? I well, I don't know what happened to it, but I think a a, a broad hint at what might have happened was that. The company then became run by his son. Yeah, that's right. His son started running the company. So I'm guessing. <laughs> well, let's see. The Star Tribune ran an article called The Final Nail in Plywood, Minnesota well, in 2010. Well, I think the advent oh, of oh, Menards and, and uh, yeah. Home Depot Probably tough. Well, made yeah, it hard to compete. I suppose, yeah. It's sad because we just— son uh, was—he went to college with me. I, we weren't friends, but is it Jerry? Is that his son's name? That might be right. Um, 
I remember when his kids were doing the ads, and it uh, oh, God, so did not go horrible. over well. Wouldn't you, if your last name was Boschwitz, wouldn't you name your son Muttle? <laughs> Muttle Boschwitz, what a great name. Well, he was, uh, you know, he was like the uh, the most important member of the Temple Israel congregation. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I did not know and that. And the only reason I know that or remember it is that, you know, I'm not an observant anything. Right. I'm like a, a secular Humanist, you might say. Works enough. Although works some would question the humanist. Part. Secular anti-humanist. Yeah, that's, that's more. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's more like it. Yeah, that's clear. So, but my it was the anniversary of my mom's death, um, like the third anniversary. And my dad, who definitely is not, was never a true believer at all. My dad never got his bar mitzvah, and you won't, really? you won't believe why. This is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Remember? Oh yeah, that's true. So you'll be shocked at the reason, but the reason was that because he got into a huge argument with the rabbi. He did? Yeah. My well, dad. <laughs> about what? <laughs> I don't know. But it was bound to happen is all I can say. Well, your dad did a good job with the paper, though. He did a great job. He did. No question. No doubt about it. So, so, but I happened, so I have, I went to the synagogue with him. It's probably like, you know, I haven't been there since, and that was 19, that was about 1999, maybe. And, because uh, uh, it's just not my thing. Um, and, uh, but that night, that night at the synagogue, uh, Rabbi Pinsky, remember Rabbi Pinsky? I remember Pinsky? Rabbi Pinsky. Yeah, yep. Rabbi Pinsky gave this incredible sermon in which he referred to the main moneymaker for the, for the, uh, for the building fund. Everything's about the building fund. Oh, it's about fund. the building fund, yeah. always. Oh, yes, yeah. That's you, true. You join one and, and you get a letter saying, well, you know, we're the building fund committee, and we need 10% of your income, basically. Yeah, So, right. But Rudy was a faithful member there. Mm -hmm. And so, among other things, Pinsky referred to him as the senator from Exxon. <laughs> and Rudy's like there. And he was there. Yeah. And so Rudy walks out, and then, you know, like probably 15 or 20 other people walk out. And then two days later, the story just happens to appear in the paper. Oh, God. That Pinsky got busted at a porn shop. Oh, God. And, I mean, the timing was interesting. Yeah, it really was. It always is, though, isn't it? So, you know, anyone who thinks, oh, Minnesota nice and the politics are clean in Minnesota, never have been. No. Oh, they've never, in, I, in, since the existence of, what is it, 1865, I mm, think it was? Yeah. No. Never. It's never happened. No, it's politics. But... The last time I was at Temple Israel, long, long time, well, not a long time ago, but over 10 years ago, a friend of mine, nice Jewish boy, died. Mm -hmm. So I went to his funeral, and I, I just looked at my friends, and I went, oh, my God, the typecasting. Yeah. This oh, guy yeah. gets up. He's going to do a speech about my friend whose name was John. His first name was John. So this guy's going to do a speech about what a wonderful guy John was. And I agreed. Mm -hmm. He's a terrific guy, right? Mm -hmm. So he goes up. He's up there doing his speech, and he goes, I just want you people to know what kind of man John was. If it weren't for that bridge loan he gave me all those years, he starts talking about loans. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, why don't you just pour on the stereotype? Yeah, why don't you? Exactly. It's like, oh, I went to a Jewish show. See, I, I like going to Jewish funerals because I like seeing all those old, bald, little guys. There are a lot of old, bald, little guys. That's, those are my people. Do you That's do the uh, cover in the mirrors thing? What's that? In the shiva? 
Oh, the the sh- sitting shiva, yeah. Yeah, the sitting you shiva. You don't cover up the mirrors to make sure you. Uh, people do. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a thing. I think it's so you don't have to worry about how you look. How you look. You have to be yeah concerned with. Well, the yeah, breathing. shivas. You're you're supposed to like you know be very casual. And, yep. and you're supposed to wear a torn shirt. Supposed to run those garments. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, I've been to a few, but you know, it's. Uh, it's that we did, I I didn't ha- we didn't have any for for any members of my family, because no one bought into it. My, you yeah. know my, my my parents were the classic post Holocaust Jews. Yeah, I suppose. You know, so it's, it's like true. you know when someone would say, well, you know, God has a plan for you. Nah, I don't think so. You got to tell them 1946, man. 1946. 1946, Minneapolis, Minnesota was the most anti-Semitic city in America. That's the uh, that I think it was Time Magazine. That was it. Time Magazine. Yeah. I think we've won that award pretty much every year. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really it's one of the things we're good at. If, <laughs> yeah, being anti-Semitic. If we did, it I was, will tell you this. <laughs> yeah, as somebody that can pass for a white guy in the Inside Club, when mm-hmm. I hear people telling racist stories yeah. in Minnesota, ninety <clears> percent <throat> of the time it's about Jews. Really. Yep. I wonder why that is. And at some point, I I go, yeah. Don't. Why would you tell me that? I. It's not funny. Just shut up. But it's it's weird. This is the old joke. Two Irish guys walk out of a bar. Yeah. And then the other part of it is two Jews walk into a bar and buy it. Was <laughs> <laughs> that the joke? There's a lot of those good ones. There's a lot of good so ones. My favorite one true. after the last election was. Uh, a black guy and a Jew walk into a bar in Buckhead, and the bartender says. What'll it be, senators? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It is. It's cute. That is very, very cute. Uh, yeah, I will, yeah. I'll tell you, and I'm very serious about this. Whenever we talk, Mike, about this kind of stuff, it always occurs to me how grateful I am where I grew up. Hmm. Poorest neighborhood in the entire Midwest, for Christ's sake. But growing up with Catholics, mostly Italians and Irish hmm. Catholics, black people and Jews, I don't ever remember there being a scuffle between the three groups. Now, you went from the river to Lindale for the Catholics, Lindale to yeah. Penn for the black people, yeah. and, and, and Penn Avenue west to the Theaterworth Parkway for the Jews. But we did intermingle at the Homewood Theater and Homewood sure. Bowl. And the, you know, we'd go to Plitman's. By the way, I just saw Michael Plitman the other day. Really? Like, unbelievable. Great memories. Yeah. Oh, I bet. But how lucky was I to have grown up in a neighborhood like that with the three different You're cultures lucky. and nobody ever battled and nobody that were fighting yeah. in the street and all it wasn't like that at all well that's you know that's always the way my mama went to north high yeah right depicted it you know and she lived yeah. on 8th and newton and uh, that's where I, I you know that was the first place i lived was on 8th and newton but oh i, I didn't I was, know that yeah, I, was, yeah, I was you know a baby yeah, and my my parents were able to move out of my grandmother's house, at, you know, fairly soon. But that's that's where we were. But you know, you're right. I mean, it's it's uh, it, people people got all, and then you know another thing is that religion was not part of things like politics in those days. I couldn't agree more. You're absolutely right. I about mean, that. I mean, I I my dad. I remember my dad um, working. At, on the campaign of a Republican uh, legislator, mm-hmm. and and so the parties were not, you know, they they there wasn't that much difference, you know. Well, the money got involved, and that's where the problem came. Yeah, it's absolutely so, right. Man, it's all money now. It's all about the money now. It's just so sad. Yep. Whoever, 
Whoever gets the most money is uh, he's king of the party. Who's yeah. the re- Republican woman who's actually very liberal in is she Colorado, I think? She came into office. She was in office for, I believe, eight years as a congresswoman. Mm. I don't she know came what you're in, talking about. Oh, God. It's what's his name's daughter? Liz Cheney. Oh, Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Came into office, you know, like, like you and me. She's now worth $12 million. Yeah. Yep. How did that happen in eight years? Very mysterious. Well, books. Yeah, lectures. books. Yeah. <laughs> but, but she had to, she had to, I mean, I mean, think of all the money her dad has. Yeah. Oh, I know. They all got tons I mean, the of dad dough. basically, you know, he, 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 uh, he basically was the vice president of Halliburton. Yeah, that's when he, true. When he was the yeah. vice president of the United States. You're I mean, right. he started wars for Halliburton. Uh huh. And so. The old man was incredibly wealthy, but you know Liz Cheney is she she's uh, you know she's an anti-Trumper of course, right? And uh, and she's held her ground, but she's an incredibly conservative person. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, she doesn't ta- she she has never taken any liberal stance. On oh no, no, I know, I, I, yeah. no, I understand that, but I just I want to know how you go from zero to twelve million in eight years. That's pretty good. I, I want to do that. I can't imagine she was ever at zero. Well, that's probably true. She probably had, was at zero only because she didn't want to. Acknowledge the fact that her father was so wealthy. That yeah. might be the case. Yeah, you, you never know. But maybe the old man was hoarding. I, I... He could have been hoarding. <laughs> I've seen that happen before as well. But yeah. Oddly enough, he's still alive, right? Yeah, well, he is, well yeah. sort of, yeah. I mean, after all, he's got a lot of different parts. That's right. He's not thinking straight. <laughs> well, just it's just the question of, you know, once you've had eight organ transplants, yeah. are you really you? Did you yeah. see that movie about him? It's quite good. I no. think it's called Vice. It's called Vice? No, I've never yeah, seen I have it. to look it up. It's re- really quite. It's scary. Yeah, it's like man, this guy is dark. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, is there one now who isn't a well, politician, national politician? Most vice presidents. It's a you know, it's like Jimmy Francis wanting to be the lieutenant governor I so we can go Jimmy to cocktail Francis. parties. I mean, so, yeah, so we can go I mean, to cocktail got, parties. Exactly. So heavyweights like Dan Quayle. You've got yeah. uh, Spiro Agnew. Yeah. It just the list goes on and when, on about pretty much invisible people other than Dick Cheney and LBJ. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Cast, Teaser, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. At... Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? 
Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Biden didn't do too badly when he was vice president either. Yeah, he was he was pretty low profile. He really didn't. I know, but he made millions of dollars. Yeah. I like the idea that he's tossing around the f word. He's you know because it's. But a, he's always done that. Oh, he always has. Yeah. He's still the That's same the salty guy. <laughs> I remember when ACA passed what everybody refers to as Obamacare. He gets caught on Mike. He walks up and he's hugging the president. and He goes, "This is a big f and d." Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's just yeah. The way I do it is. remember that. Yeah, he's, uh, I don't know. Can we get, we're, we're in a pretty interesting run of presidents. Is there any way we might get a normal guy eventually? Is that ever going to happen? Who's going to run in 20? That's true. Yeah, 24. for real. I, I don't know. I, it's going to be Biden versus DeSantis, probably. Oh, boy. They got together I, yesterday. I don't know if Biden could run in two years. I don't know. I feel like there's got to be a limit to your age at some point. He's the oldest president ever, I know that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if he gets another term, how old will he be at the end of that term? Wouldn't he be like 90? No, oh, no, no. He'd be 78, I think. And if, and if, oh, he's 78 now. And if Trump runs, if, no. if Trump runs for president. Is he only 78? Maybe he is. He, he might be he's 79 he, right now. 79, 79. okay. He's apologize. not that much older than Trump. Yeah. And uh, so, no, if, no, right. So exactly. if Trump becomes president again, then he'll be the oldest president ever. Donald Trump is seventy-six. Mm-hmm. So if Trump so he, got he elected, would become the oldest. Yeah, because Biden's going to be eighty-one if he does leave office. Yeah, yeah. So it'll take him a while to catch up. It'll take an entire another four years to catch up to him. Yeah. But. So Biden would be eighty-five if he got a second term at the end of it. That's, yeah, that's just too. I wonder old. how old Herschel Walker will be when he becomes president. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. it. Depends on how many more abortions he pays for. <laughs> Does that happen? I, I didn't even read that story. It, it seems pretty strong that that, that it happened. Uh, you know, and of course Herschel Walker, as he has done all all his life, you know, just simply denies everything. Yeah, he does. This yeah. is the guy who probably the most outrageous claim he made was that he was the valedictorian of his class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what class would that be? <laughs> well, there were only two people. Yeah, and uh, and the other one didn't want it. I shook his hand once, and I wish I hadn't. Yeah. Is just as bad as, uh, what the hell is his name, the former Viking. With the most powerful handshake I have ever had oh. in my time. What the hell was his name again? The running back? Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't remember his name. I love the guy as a player. He retired broke, unfortunately. He made about $150 million and he ended up broke. Really? Oh, was it? Adrian Peterson. Okay, Peterson. Yeah. Adrian Peterson. Yeah, he was broke, yeah. I Still shook his hand, and I swear to God, I thought he broke my hand. Wow. Holy God, he has a powerful handshake. But, yeah, I don't know. 
Do you think we are going to – can we find anybody who's not about the money? Because that's all everything is now is money, money, money. It's all about money. Well, that's sad. It's prob- probably tough. I mean, I, I think I can say pretty clearly that, that uh, Carter was not about the money. No, I agree. So, I agree with you know, that. But I don't know if you have to go back that far, but – Carter. Oh, I think you might have to go back that far. Yeah. I can't think of anybody else that would qualify. Well, name a poor former president. <clears throat> yeah. Jimmy Carter, I never got a chance to meet him. I talked to him on the phone once for about Did five seconds. Really? He's still yeah. alive, so yeah, he's still alive. Can... Yeah. Well, what's her name? Lori Peterson. Every time every time he would come to town, she'd have dinner with him. Yeah. He became really good really? friends with him. I don't know how well he's doing at this point. He's 92 well. or he's something. 98. He's 98? So, he's holy hell. He's still yeah. teaching Bible and study. Yeah, he is. School. And he survived brain cancer. Yeah. Jesus. It, it was six years ago. I thought, oh, God, he's such a nice guy. Yeah. Well, he's had a great yep. life. Well, I beat that, and I'm going to go back to building houses yeah. for Habitat <laughs> with you, for Humanity. Humanity, yeah. yeah. Ninety-eight. I didn't know he was that old. Wow, yeah. But I liked his wife too. Had a wonderful wife. Roslyn. Roslyn. Yeah, they've been married for seventy-five years. I don't know how old she is. She's probably ninety-seven. She is ninety-five. They're both still alive. That's that's crazy. Always want to marry a younger woman because. (laughs) Okay, let's go back then. Okay, so we went to to find a decent person who was president. We had to go back to Carter. How far do you have to go back to find oh. the second decent well, president? Well, I don't know. Probably Lincoln. I mean, Probably Lincoln. I mean, Every hundred years, <laughs> we have somebody well, with moral character. Well, now, now you talk about Lincoln. Just oh, remember. No. Oh, way to go, Doug. Here's what's wrong just with him. Just remember, he used the presidency to become incredibly wealthy. He did. Buying like all those railroad yeah. sightings. Yeah. Yeah, he, he won every penny he could because he, he knew what route the railroads would be taking. Of course. And he yeah. knew where cities were going to blossom. So I don't know. Now, I personally, you can disagree, but I personally think Obama is a decent guy. I'm not yeah. going to say that he hasn't made a lot of money up being president. I'm a billionaire. But but I, I do think he was a decent guy. And do I, you? Yeah, I do. I, I He caused a lot of turmoil, though, with, with his views, and I never liked that. What, you mean like uh, the Affordable Care Act? No, I mean like his wife. God, did she ever shut up? Well, that woman hated everybody. Yeah, she was like the first activist uh, yeah, she vice president, yeah, first didn't, lady. She didn't, uh, she didn't bake cookies. She did not bake cookies. There was a long run there where every first lady baked cookies. Yeah. yeah. I suppose that's true. Yeah, look, I mean, I've got to be honest with you. I've, I've talked to a few presidents. I've met one president. They're just not my kind of people. Well, yeah. They're just not. They don't. They don't live in our world. So they do not live in our world. They maybe used to, but More. and it's not to say I don't hate them. That's not what I mean at all. Yeah, it's just they're just not my kind of people. Because you can look in their eye and go, "That what scam you got going? They got that scammy look in their eye." You know what I mean? I don't know. It's... I wonder. I, you know, I've always wondered what their first day is like. Because here, oh, and yeah. Obama's a great example, and Jimmy Carter too. Because they come in and they've all. Full of all these ideals and stuff, right, yeah. and then I think they take them into the back room with a folder and say, "Okay, oh yeah, here's what's going on." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and Absolutely. three years later, their hair is white. Yep, or it all falls Obama out. Obama really did age. Yeah, he sure physically did. he's in great shape, but I mean, yeah, he, his be, hair it did just yeah. went yeah. Snow White. Well, Same thing Bush happened too. to Bush. Yeah, Bush when he was yeah, Bush, when he yeah. first started, he looked relatively young, and he got out looking old. Yeah, and those those were guys who. Became president, kind of, kind of in in that that early those early years where men tend to age the most. Yeah, that's true. You know, 
it's like so it's bound to happen anyway but then you add the stress yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, well see that's the other thing i can sit here and say i don't know that i'd want to hang out with any president or get to know them but then you look at exactly what you said the stress that those people are under yeah uh the life they have to live it's got to be it cannot be easy no doubt about that Geez, now you got the threat of nuclear war right now. It's like, there's oh, always going to be a nuclear what war. You, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, it's um, true. I hate to ask the question. Do you think Putin had pushed the button? No. I wouldn't doubt it. I well, don't think he's so. He's nuts. If anyone would, it might be him. Yeah, I agree. What would he gain out of it, though? Well, what's he gaining now, though? Yeah, he's getting his ass kicked. He's, he is getting I his think ass he personally by, is gaining plenty. By Ukraine. That's the thing. It's, Wasn't he the wealthiest man? He's like a trillionaire. Oh, absolutely. It depends on how you count the wealth. I suppose. But people like that, they only do things that would benefit them. Yep. Mm-hmm. So starting a nuclear war would absolutely not benefit him. Is there a good leader in the world right now? I have never thought about that before. Just It just popped into my head. Is there one person out there that you'd go, what a great leader? Like a legendary figure kind of thing? No. no. I, mean, I kind of like the prime minister in New Zealand. She's a cutie. Yeah, she, yeah, she's a cutie. <laughs> and runs a pretty nice country, from she what does, I can tell. But yeah. the, I mean, it's pretty small. That's, That's the right. Good news. It's probably it's probably one of the easier countries to run. Right, but nobody. So nobody in the Western Hemisphere. There's no question <laughs> well, about that. Just going through the. Yeah, going through the know, options, not so much. They, you know, the, the the folks in Canada have always seemed to me to be pretty laid back. Maybe that's just a stereotype we have. But, yeah, could be. But, you know, the ones I've known were, were kind of like that. Trudeau's not my kind of guy, I can guarantee you. He got away with wearing blackface 12 times. <laughs> what? I've never that's worn right. blackface. So I, you haven't ever done? I haven't even thought about it. I can't actually. see Gelfand blackface. I can't see it. Uh, it would require an awful lot of black. <laughs> a yeah. lot of black for a little face. For a little face. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. And again, I just, I just wish that these people were just not so self-interested. But I suppose if you're going to become president, you're self-interested. What I find interesting about the Ukraine deal is everybody, I think, at least I felt this way, Figured the Russians were just going to steamroll them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. we figured yeah. there's the second strongest army in the world behind the U.S., Navy, China, top three for sure. Mm-hmm. And they're getting smoked by U- Ukraine. Yep. Well, I mean, they're getting smoked by Ukraine and uh, about 50 different countries backing them. It's a proxy war. Really. Well, you're right. It's not really Russia versus Ukraine. It's Russia versus American yeah. technology. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yes. Yeah. I mean, God, how many billions have we sent over there? Without you know, that, could they have won? You know who's Probably got the, good, no, you're right. who the great point. benefactor is from this whole skirmish in Ukraine? The Chinese, man. Oh, I'm sure they're, they're killing it. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable is all I have to say. It just, Jesus. That's kind of a scary situation there, don't you think? You know, it's funny. Um, in one of my previous marriages, uh, two, a, a couple, they're a really good friend of my wife's, and he was an economist. He started talking about China in the early 90s. Yeah, he says, right. you watch what these guys are up to. Oh, God. They're going to take over this and that. Yep. And, and it's just almost everything he said came true within 12 yep. years. Yeah. And, you know, the, the only thing really we can do about China mm-hmm. is just co-opt them. I agree. What are you going to do? You can't battle them. You cannot battle Any them. Any way you look not at anymore. it, you know. They're... Well, next up is India. Yeah, next up is India. Yeah. That's they, true. They, om- their population is within, I don't know. Fifty or a hundred million of yeah, yeah. Was it almost they China? Yeah, they've always been very close. Is it almost two billion now? 
I think they're both at like one and a half. One and a half. Is that India hasn't quite industrialized. No, no, no like right. like China. No, uh, they're both at about one point four. One point four. But China's clearly China is. You know, they they will be the the giant of world economy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. And we we just have to accept that. It's not yeah. good news be, for us. Is it's it? not going to be us. No. Well, I mean. We sold it to them, so it's like yeah, how, you can't exactly be like, "Oh, gee, I can't believe we're not a superpower anymore." Yeah. It's like, well, you're the one giving them all the money and all the power, so. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really unfortunate that, and again, we just go back. It's all well about the money. It's money, money, money. Jesus, people and their money. Yeah. Settle down. Why don't you go out and look at the leaves changing? That's pretty pleasant. <laughs> That's yeah. good too. I never understood this this thing with Bill. I'm going to Duluth to see the 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 colors of the trees. Why? It's, it's, I got them in my backyard. Yeah. And I, I just went for a drive down Theaterworth Parkway. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, my yeah. drive home is <laughs> oh, yeah. about trees. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, gorgeous. Well, and when when uh, when we were driving from from Minneapolis to Buffalo, Buffalo, Minnesota, to go to the wedding, to go to, to the wedding of Bob Sansevier's daughter. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was that was a beautiful landscape even there. Yeah. Oh, know? the rolling hills are amazing. Oh yeah, there's yeah, yeah great landscapes yeah. all over the place. I mean, it was, to look. was really right until I got to Buffalo and a cop pulled me over and he said, "You got ten minutes." And got okay, Jew, home. get out. <laughs> it's a, it's a little different culture there. I would have to agree with you. On that. But I mean, I appreciate it. <laughs> For its, you know, idiosyncrasies, just I like I appreciate it here. Next time you go to Buffalo, you should wear a cowboy hat and spurs. <laughs> hey, See what how y'all doing? <laughs> it's Kinky Friedman. Well, it I did see. Yeah, you know, one of the things I saw at, at uh, Bob's Bob's reception, you know, there was there were, there was a cross cultural thing to some extent. Yeah. To some extent. But, uh, but you know, there were a lot of people there from Buffalo. What, Republicans of all height and weight? How well, much of a cross-section could it well, be? Well, Bob did say that I was one of two liberals there. <laughs> and there were like 225 people. So who was the other one? Well, the other one was Bob's friend Larry. Oh, Larry, you yeah. Know Larry. Well, Larry's a great guy. Larry's a wonderful yeah, guy. Yeah, he is. Larry's a great guy. Bob I've has good taste in friends. Yeah, he does. He does. That's and true. good taste in, in a wife and uh, yeah, the daughter, a, wonderful person. Yeah, I'm. I like. I like the kids. Bob, Bob's. Uh, he's just a good dude. But, um, but you know, there were things I saw there that I just don't see. You know, when I when I go to Byerly's to to pick up uh, some groceries, like like I don't see at my local Byerly's eighty year old women with tattoo sleeves. Uh, I, you know, I don't get that either. <laughs> do people just, oh, you did it, so I need to do it too? Why is everybody tattooed now? I don't get it. Well, that's, I mean, eventually, the, the, of course, we will see 80, well, I may not make it that long, but eventually there will be a lot of 80-year-old people with tattoo sleeves walking around, and it will just be the norm. Yeah, that's but true. For right now, it's a little strange, yeah, you know. It was, it, just, it was just like, you know, the, the House of Oddities at the fair. You know where they used to have they used to have the bearded lady. The bearded lady. And then of course came along laser laser technology, mm-hmm. and 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 they actually used to have the tattooed lady, which the is hilarious. Tattooed lady. Yep. Yeah. So everything runs its course. Andy, can you edit this out? Uh, depends on what it is. It's foul language. Well, I think I can handle that. Yes. Okay, because I remember as a boy going to the state fair. 
And my friend Greg, and we were walking along, and it was, what was it called? Oddities? I, that's what it the was House called. Of Oddities. The House yeah, of Oddities. At the yeah. end, it was the freak show for a while. Yes, for it was many, freak for show many for years. Yes. But eventually it became the House of Oddities. The House of Oddities. And then, of course, that went away. We walked in, and it was the world's tiniest man. Mm-hmm. Okay? The world's tiniest man. That he claimed to be 18 inches tall. That's impossible. I know it's impossible. So I, I'm assuming that, you know, well, and you could only see him from the waist up, of course, too. Uh, but he was probably around maybe two and a half feet tall, something like that. That would make more sense. But I will never forget this as long as I live. And if you have any children listening, cover their ears. We're walking by, and the world's tiniest man is smoking a cigarette. And my friend Greg says, my friend Greg says, you know, smoking will stunt your yeah. growth. And the guy goes, fuck you, motherfucker. Ah, that's wonderful. <laughs> I was like, uh, I mean, if you were that small, you'd probably have an attitude, too. I suppose. But I thought it was funny. And he looked at me, and he started laughing. He's like, uh, you like that, huh? Do you remember when I was doing a remote from the House of Oddities? Oh, and, yes, and I And I, I interviewed the, uh, the sword swallower. Who had like four teeth left? Yeah, right. So it's uh, I learned that day don't don't swallow swords because no. it's not good. You know he had like I think he, I I think I detected number sixteen, and then it seemed like twenty three was still there. Twenty three was yeah, and then there was good. something that could have been a lateral incisor, but it might have been a molar. It was you know not in great shape. Yeah. And uh, but of course the you know the 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 one of the big features of the House of Oddities. And it was a, a something all over all over the country that was that caused. Well, they eventually they got arrested for it. Many many people did. But it was the 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 pickled punk. What's that? The pickled punk was was purported to be a tiny fetus in a little bottle, and like. Oh. No, I mean it's it's it's. it's you, you, why would anyone want to see it? Or I don't want to see question. that. And it obviously was a fraud anyway. Yeah, right. But yeah, Pickled punks is the carny term for human fetuses preserved in jars of formaldehyde and used as sideshow attractions. Oh, yeah. That's sad. And the, guy, mm. and the guy who ran the House of Oddities at the State Fair told me about, oh, yeah, I got arrested for it in Ohio. And, you know, I don't know. So they're actually real fetuses? No. Oh, why no, did he get arrested? A lot of them were fake, apparently. I, well, there, I, there may have been a time when some were real, but oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. But uh, yeah. Why do you want to see that? Why would anyone want to see that anyway? There's a lot of weird people. Out I don't there. know. I yeah. I I don't I don't know. But then I don't know why anyone. Uh, there are a lot of things out there that it's just like you know it's like people people have to see what happened when they see an ambulance. Mm-hmm. It's uh. People are drawn to the morose. This is true. Yeah, they are. I, I never was, though. I never cared for that whole thing. The only reason no. I went through it that time is because Greg wanted to go through it. You know? Yeah. Well, I think it's because you grew up seeing all sorts of bad stuff. That's true. Whereas people who never see <laughs> yeah, anything that's, bad, that's a good point. it's kind of like you know a kid is always curious about what they haven't seen before. You know, we talked about that just last week, and it's just, you know, unusual things, I guess is a good way to put it. But, you know, and I considered myself to be lucky because on, in our neighborhood, there was a person who was hermaphrodite. Mm. And they always talked about it so they wouldn't feel like, you know, they were being judged by anybody else. But, and he never, he or she or whatever, never 
trying to do anything with it, but they just explained, this is what I am, this is why I am the way I am. I mean, I, if we could approach things that way, wouldn't we be much better off, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Educating children, I mean, he, they did. They went out of their way to say, look, this is... It's not a choice I made, but this is who I am, and I'm fine with it. And now, of course, you know something like that would be politicized. Oh, I'm sure it would. Just, just like, just like the uh, one of the uh, one of the prominent candidates for office in Minnesota was claiming the other day that uh, that elementary schools are uh, are are, uh, are putting cat litter boxes. Oh, furries, yeah. yeah furries, yeah. yeah. And people, some people, but it just shows you some people will believe anything. Yeah. But it said, well, they had to rewrite the article because it said most likely because they rewrote the article. Most I don't likely doubt it's what? happened once or twice, but is that really big enough to no. even care about? I don't I mean, was it really done once or twice? I don't know. I, they changed well, but even the if story, it was, I don't know. Does it matter? I don't Once understand. Once or twice out of any how many of hundreds of thousands of schools well, are in this it, country, it matters if it can be leveraged for That's political gain. Well, there you go again. A yeah. lot of politicians do seem to focus on things that don't happen too often. Yeah. And oh, yeah. claim that that's going to be the end of the world. Well, that's the culture battle. You yeah. mean like the welfare queens of the eighties? Sure. The welfare queens. Welfare of the Cadillacs. 80s. Remember right. that? Yeah. yeah. Well, that was Ronald Reagan. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you went with welfare Cadillacs? Yeah, that was a big thing. Yeah. It, it? It, it had some traction. I'm really glad I didn't pay attention for so many. Until I came to KQS, I never paid attention to politics ever. Yeah. And then, you know, once you get the jobs, I go, I really wish I had never paid attention. I really do. Well, right, because you start paying attention and then everything gets so much worse. It gets worse. And, it's, it does, and, yeah. and you're sort of horrified to begin with. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Cast, Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. And we are back with Stretch's picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common-sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com because life is expensive enough. 
No, I mean, well, look, I, yeah, you literally brought that up, and up, up on my screen pops, a majority of GOP nominees, 299 and all, deny the 2020 election results. Yeah. So it's like, they're never going to let that go, are they? No, they're not. Well, no, because, and what's going to happen after the upcoming election? Yeah, I'm How afraid many? it's gotten worse, because in the primaries, there's a lot of people yeah. that are losing and saying the election's rigged. Mm-hmm. It's the GOP primary. Yeah. Did you rig yourself? I, well, that's, I, I, that's I the odd it. part. Wait a minute. They said that the, the, the current vote is being yeah, rigged? during oh, the yeah. primaries oh, in the God's summer. Oh, for God's sake. And oh. not, not a ton of people, but oh, okay. a, more than a handful but if, but if said that, the election's fixed. That's if that many believe that the, that, the, that the election was rigged in 2020, how many are going to claim that their own election their own defeat was because Man, it was rigged. That's exactly what Doug's saying. It's They've just been doing that since the year 2000, though. Yeah, um, I mean, the year the 2000 election that was rigged. Uh, 2008 election that was rigged. 2016 election that was rigged. All, every election is rigged according to the other side. Yeah. Well, no. I can't remember I, one I really that people were like, "Yes, I, I can't, agree." I can't quite buy that. I mean, you know, because the dimension of this thing, the scale. Is is what's scary? Yeah, I mean, if someone says, "Oh, I got cheated. I should have won," you know, they they counted the votes in Waukegan three times. That's one thing. But when you have the majority of a party that will become the majority in the House, when you have a majority of, of those people saying, you know, the only reason any any of us lost was because it was rigged, now you've got you've got something really really terribly wrong. That's probably never going to go away. See, I'm going to do something that's never been done before and one-up your cynicism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Believe- Hang on a second. Let's make sure we get this on tape. <laughs> exactly. I believe that they've always believed this. We're just now hearing about it because they're all on Twitter. I think oh, they've always maybe. been maybe. in denial, unstable narcissists. It just you didn't know about it because they mm-hmm. kept it to themselves. Well, it's, Twitter has certainly magnified it and has has normalized yes, these absolutely. sorts of claims. Because yeah. it's like you know what these people are doing—they're getting drunk at 11 p.m. and going on Twitter and just typing whatever the hell pops into their head. Whereas beforehand, you would never know these things, and they you yeah. know, they'd show some decorum, they'd not bring it up, even if they believe it, you'd never know. But now, every time they have a thought, they have to put it on Twitter. It's like a, yeah. It's like the Riddler can't stop telling riddles. Well, one of the problems we have, and I cannot be too clear about this because, you know, I might get in a lot of trouble for it, but there are surveys out there of different, let's say, businesses, which you might use on a daily basis, blah, blah, blah. I just realized, I, was just, I shouldn't say I realized, I was just told by someone who handles that kind of business, do you know how many people represent 10,000 diary carriers um, in the United States now? How many people does it take to represent 10,000 people? Uh, I don't understand the question. Seven. <laughs> I was going to say like one. five. <laughs> one. Oh, yeah. well, there Nine. you go. One person is worth 10,000 votes. These are for ratings for certain businesses. Sure. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's there what they tell them. 20,000 people were listening. It turns out it was two people. Yeah. That's one of the Gosh, big problems sure. on Twitter right. and yeah. not even just Twitter, all social media and even just like phone calls and emails is CEOs are being told. They have this belief that was probably true in like the 70s and 80s that one caller equals, you know, 10,000 customers. That's exactly like that. right. Yeah. They would say that, okay, so if 
10,000 people are experiencing something bad, only one's going to call. Okay. Therefore, yeah. every time you get a call, that's 10,000 people. That's what they think. Yeah. The yes. problem is on Twitter, you can organize something to have 50,000 likes. It'll cost you five bucks. Yeah. And these CEOs are like, oh, that's five million people right there. And to say nothing of the bots. But, right. Yeah, well, exactly. that's oh, most of them are. 60%. Is that right still? Andy, is that I would, right? 60% I would bots. 60 to 70 probably. Oh, yeah. God. And by the way, I just want to backtrack a moment i'd like to point out to andy and everyone else that a cynic is nothing more than an idealist with a broken heart that is very (laughs) true actually did you just make that up no i didn't think i used to totally be an idealist when i was younger i did make it up but just not just now (laughs) i think all young people are idealists to some degree you would hope so because everyone's like oh yeah you know it's uh everything's broken right now but if you work hard at it, you get into politics, you you know, shake the right hands, you can fix it. And then they get into politics and they're like, Oh, I can't actually really do anything. So yeah. I think I'll just sell a book for twenty million dollars. Well, you know it's kinda of sad. I've I've been thinking about that quite a bit because I'm seventy years old now and I finally um realize that helping people is not real good for you. <laughs> it's very expensive, man. Really expensive. Oh, boy. Uh, well, yeah, it's uh, it's it is it is the gift that keeps on uh, keeps on depleting you. It does. It, it There's no be, doubt about it. it. And pe- you were shocked at the people who would screw you out of a hundred dollars if they had a chance. Yeah. It just it disgusts me. Why don't you get off your ass and get a job? How about that? That'd be good. No, and, and I'm sorry because I know Michael Bryant listens all these, and I'm not talking about Michael, but. Lawyers right now, man. Whoo! Yeah. So all I have to say is whoo, because I don't want to get sued. Well, there's. I mean, right now they've been telling lawyer jokes for like two well, centuries. I know you're yeah, right. Yeah. What, what do you call a hundred dead lawyers? You know. A start. A good, good start. start. <laughs> oh, a good oh, start, boy. not just a start. But the thing, the thing is that disclaimer: I don't believe it. I just know the joke. <laughs> One of the big things, problems I think with lawyers is, and I know I know a lot of good ones, and there I know some who are very honest. But the problem is, there's just too many. There are way too many. Yeah, you're right. It's like you know, in medical school, they 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 they, they undergraduate people, mm-hmm. so that anyone who does graduate from from medical school. Uh, who probably comes from a, a family of doctors and right. had a few few things going their way, but you know you you can't miss. That's but, right. But with lawyers, it's it probably twenty percent of them maybe will will never even get into a courtroom. Yeah, yeah that's about right. I think you're yeah, I think you're right about that. I don't know. I just well, I, I'm assuming we're never going to get away from this money grubbing crap that we're in. Now, I actually we? think. We will. Here's God, I, I hope I've so. been thinking about this a lot lately, and I and it it struck me. I was watching American Crime Story, the story about yeah. Monica Lewinsky. Yep, and that happened early to mid late nineties. The mm-hmm. whole sort of thing played out. So yep. I was, you know, how old would I have been? Sixty in my early late twenties, early thirties. There were so many things that were on that show that I didn't remember. Mm. Because I wasn't really paying attention to politics. And that just, for me, it became later in life. And the baby boomers in this country have had such a big impact, positive and negative, on the entire culture. That's what's going on. It's the biggest part of our population right now. And we're in the crabby parts of our lives. (laughs) We're we're paying hyper-attention to everything, and we all have the ability to vent. So 
Once we start dying out and the population levels out, if that ever happens, I think that you know, I think the conversation might change. In this Does it mean in thirty years we're all going to become sarcastic and argue about which Nirvana album is the best? Yeah, yeah that, that'll when be you. When Gen X gets into power, that's right. Yeah. Well, I, I think I told this earlier the week on on the the family podcast that I have a friend, and he never wants me to mention his name. I've known him since we were Christ teen teenagers, right? And I remember he said something to me when we had just about 18, 19 years old. He said, you know, Tom, our generation is screwed. And I said, why? Because it wasn't Tom Brokaw who named it the greatest generation. He used that name for his book. Mm -hmm. But he said, how are we going to look when you stack us up against the people that saved the world in World War II? He said, we're screwed. We're never going to be looked upon as special in any way. And it turned out he was exactly right. I well, mean, it's pretty amazing. The, you know, the only thing about that is that uh, the uh, the millennials, just as an example, they're not alone. But the millennials, you know, have have worked up a, a froth of anger <laughs> and hatred yes. of the so-called greatest generation. And of course, you know, my my dad was. I was a classic baby boomer. My dad was a classic greatest generation mm-hmm. guys. And. Uh, you know, you're right. I mean, they they did save the world, and and you can't. You, all you can do is be grateful for that. Exactly. And but you know, the other side is that these guys. My dad was not, never in combat because he was about the same white height and weight as I am. Right. I mean, he 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 ate bananas for like a month. So he could be, uh, so he could, so he could weigh enough. So he could weigh enough, yeah. To to go into the army. And then once he was in there, they figured, oh, this guy's not going to be worth anything on the front lines. <laughs> oh, that's So nice. they put him in Army Intelligence, and he learned to speak Japanese. But, you know, these guys came back, a lot of these guys came back pretty angry, pretty sullen, mm, and, yeah, and, and pretty traumatized. Yep. And they had nothing, nowhere to go with that. You know? No, you're absolutely right. And, and so this generation of fathers, they, they weren't perfect is what I'm saying. Oh no, I agree with that. And it's because they that. were a lot of them, you know, your dad of course was just kind of off the charts. Off the charts would be a good way to put it. No and, question uh, about it. But my dad, I remember I remember how angry he was and until he got pretty old, you know. So each generation I think imparts uh, noble traits as well as some things that that we have to work through. I think it'll always be like that. Yeah, you're probably right about that. I mean, our fathers could not one, the rule number one was you couldn't be friends with your kids. Yeah, that's true. And You're right. And that's one of the reasons why so many baby boomers are great friends with their kids. Mm-hmm. They've just turned it upside down. I did. No, well, me There's too. No question. I yeah. did. There's no doubt about that. So things things tend to go in the opposite direction from generation to generation. And it's kind of hard to figure where that ends. But the last thing I'd say is we're never going to get rid of this money thing. With unless we get rid of uh, citizens versus united, we've got to take the money out of politics. And when you look, at, I agree. You look at the Supreme Court; that's not going to end anytime soon. Nope, no, it's not. And I, you know, I can't say who it is or whatever. But there's a person I know who fought in World War II. He won every medal except for the Congressional Medal of Honor. I mean, this guy was freeing death camps at the age of 17. Yeah, oh, man. So that had a little effect on you, right? Yeah. Um, a friend was talking to him the other day, and he paused and said, I just I have to focus on this right now. There are a, a hundred machine guns aimed at me as we speak. 
he's you know getting very late 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 in years and all the rest of it. Yeah. So he is seeing himself in World War Two right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It never left. Isn't yeah, that it's amazing? interesting how that's permanently part of you. Oh, yeah. It's never going away because he literally can see the machine guns pointing at him. Yeah, it's been oh, almost yeah. 80 years. And it's still, oh, yep, still it's burned just, in there geez. forever. In my dad's final days, when his dementia was about to kill him, um, he, he, thought, he thought that he was in Japan. Yeah. And, yep. and not, not, not fighting, but he was in Japan... And he was having a wonderful time with all of the Japanese Americans who he served in the army with, because you know he served in this in this unit, this intelligence unit. With the uh, there were Americans who were learning Japanese, and then there were Japanese Americans who were um, basically learning to speak English, and they were they were working together to help each other. And my dad, my dad loved those people far more than you know, certainly far more than the. Uh, the congregation in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, yeah, but yes, but it's yeah. but the point is, yeah, that that was the defining, finding moments of his life was was being in the army. No question, and it's across the board. You're right about that. Yeah, I mean that was as Andy said, that was 80 years ago, and it's still right sure, there. Sure, that's right. You take it right to the grave with you. Last time, I was about I don't know maybe a couple of weeks ago, he said to, I'll say a friend of mine, why doesn't Tom ever come to see me? I was sitting right next to him. Oh yeah, yep. yeah, that's that's tough. So there you go. It's Spe- like oh, one one last anecdote. I like anecdotes. So my dad loved, you know, he loved the fact that he had learned Japanese, and he was always trying to brush up on his Japanese. Oh yeah, and he was all, and so when he was in assisted living, and he was he was getting along and with on the dementia scale oh, okay uh, but he wasn't you know he he was oriented you know meaning he knew who he was and where he was and all oh, that good. stuff but um but he he was fading hey, you know there's there's like five stages of dementia so he was like number three and and he was he he was uh, brushing up on his japanese and and uh, one day i ran into uh Kay, who lived two doors down Kay Kay was was Jap- she was a japanese american and I asked Kay, uh, I, I used to chat with her occasionally. My dad didn't. My dad wouldn't chat with anyone. And I asked Kay if she, if she uh, spoke Japanese. And uh, she said, oh, she said, yeah. She said, I spent, she said, I spent almost my entire teenage years in Manzanar, which was, uh, Manzanar was, the, was the, probably the biggest in camp. Right. Right. Where they, of course, incarcerated uh, people for being Japanese, not mm-hmm. not one of the greatest parts of our. History. It was FDR, but you know. Yeah, yeah. So um, he goes, yeah, yeah. Don't try to dodge it. Well, it was a lot, but it you, was. But you're right. Was. I mean, it was a, just a terrible thing. Well, the Canadians and they. Yes. That was the Ukrainians and the Japanese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I said, well. Um, you know, I'm wondering if you if you'd be willing to you know chat with my dad and, and maybe talk Japanese with my dad because oh, I explained his history. Sure. So she said, "Well, of course, I'd, I, would, I would do that." And um, so I told my dad that you know the, the two of them should get together. And, and Kay had said she would you know approach my dad when she saw him in the cafeteria or whatever. So uh, um, I came back the next day and uh, the next night, and I. Saw Kay. She was sitting with her friends outside the uh, the building, you know, and uh, they were all chatting. And I said, "Hey, uh, uh, did you get together with my dad?" 
And she said, yes, I did. And I said, well, how'd it go? She said, well, it didn't go well because he can't really speak Japanese. So, which didn't surprise me. But then I went up to my dad's room, and I, you know, I, I wanted, I didn't, I didn't want to say I'd talk to Kay. So I played dumb, and I said, well, um, I said, uh, and I said, oh, uh, by the way, uh, did you and Kay get together and talk? And he said, yes. And I said, well, how'd it go? And my dad said, it, it didn't go well. And I said, why? He said, she can't really speak Japanese. <laughs> There you so, go. Which one is right? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with K on that one. <laughs> You're going with K on that one. Yeah. Well, but he did speak Japanese, I thought. Well, he had learned to speak Japanese tense. pretty well, you know, when he when he was 20 years old. Yeah. But yeah, that'll. It, I I was semi fluent in Spanish for a long time, but sure. I can barely speak it if now. You don't and it's speak, only been 10 years. Yeah. If you don't speak, it keeps it, speaking. It, it goes away. It yep. just goes away. And when, this. This had been 70 years. Well, my yeah, my true. grandma was raised in a Czech, like an enclave in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. She grew up speaking Czech until she was a teenager. Mm -hmm. uh, by the time I was born, she basically, it was, I think it was her first language, Czech. It was, yeah. But she forgot it. She forgot her first language yeah. because she just spoke English. You don't speak it anymore. If you don't speak it, yeah, it's like, going to go away. How often do you get the opportunity to speak Czech to people? Not very. Yakshimash Dobzhe. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I got. Not too common. Yeah, that's course, all she, I got. She still knew Yakshimash. How are you? Uh, yeah. Well. Well, I think we're going to have to wrap the show up because we got a little work to do. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I got the stack of papers over here. We're getting paper cuts from the Walzer Automotive Group. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Car Selling Secrets. Same bad time, same bad channel next week. But I will tell you, Mike, great show today. It was fun. It was. It was great. Well, that's that then. <laughs> See you later.